Hi, 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 guys. It is another episode of Crusher Talk with your pal, Haley Crusher Kane. And um, today we are talking about disgusting vintage recipes. Yes. There is a Facebook group called Disgusting Vintage Recipes that I suggest you go now. Click and act now. It is a free and very highly entertaining Facebook group that you can join. There's no password. You just go on in there. And I have found it highly entertaining, but also weirdly poignant for these times we are in. So first of all, let me tell you what a lot of these recipes are. Um, many of you are probably, some older listeners, are familiar with some of the weird changes in taste and flavor and cooking that have occurred over the past 60 years or so, 70 years. If you look back at old cookbooks, especially ones from the 50s and 60s, you are bound to find bum 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 jello molds, jello molds. And I have to say, I did make a gross 50s jello mold for a friend's barbecue uh, not too long ago. Um, it had, and this will be very telling to what we're talking about today. It was made with a, a yellow lemon jello. Um, there was also hot dog water kind of mixed into the, the lemon jello to kind of make it into an aspic type thing. There were cut up hot dogs and cottage cheese inside of this jello mold. <laughs> and when I tell you I made it because I thought it was funny and no one would eat it, that is exactly the point. So nobody ate it. It was very funny. I got some photos of it. Um, but really, I mean, true, 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 true to life. This is a thing that people ate, people made. It was very festive. Generally, these jello molds were made with aspic. And I will just tell you what aspic is. It is a savory gelatin made with a meat stock or broth set in a mold to encase other ingredients. These often include pieces of meat, Seafood, yes, yes, seafood, vegetables, or eggs. Aspic is uh, sometimes referred to as aspic jelly or aspic jelly. It is not actually indeed jello. Aspic is essentially a gelatinous version of conventional soup. In the United States, similar dishes include jello salads, which are sweet and made using commercial gelatin mixes instead of meat stock. Elsewhere around the world, similar non savory dishes are often called gelatin salads. A meat jelly that includes cream is called a Schadfreude. Schadfreude. That must be German, right? Let's look at that. Schadfreude. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Schadfreude sauce uh, is a culinary sauce that can be prepared using a reduction of boiled meat carcasses and other ingredients. Okay, okay, well now we're going down the rabbit hole here. Um, I think you get my point, um, but if you click over to the Disgusting Vintage Recipes, the, the community there is hilarious. Um, I'm right now just kind of a lurker. I'm not really commenting, um, but I've been uh, involved for the past few months, and every day it's amazing. They, they actually take pictures of these recipe books. Some people make these vintage recipes. In fact, I'm looking right now at a bologna cake, and... Um, it, it, it looks horrifying. It is white with these pink bologna stripes inside. Um, we got some creamed tuna in here, and we also have a jello mold that is a quote-unquote Weight Watchers vintage lamb loaf. 
um, somebody recreated, which is aspic with lamb chunks inside. If you can imagine sort of a crown of um, layered radishes on the top and some green onion at the base, but it's sort of a mound of meat. I mean, this is a visual thing, so I'm obviously going to have a hard time describing this. But oh, here's one. You guys. They're not, it just, you can't make this stuff up. Okay, salmon shortcake. Blend one can cream of celery soup with half cup, cup milk, one cup drained flaked salmon, one cup drained cooked peas, and a dash of powdered dill. That actually doesn't sound too bad, but the photo is just hilarious. So I recommend you go and check this out because it's really great. Now I'm looking at, oh my god, this is amazing. It's basically a, a pig made out of different ham forced meats. So you have sort of a, a ham nose, ears, legs and tail, and it's all made of different parts of a ham. So, oh, wow. Okay, now I'm just getting too crazy with it. There's one that I'm looking at right now that's like a SpaghettiOs. It's like a jello mold of SpaghettiOs with some wieners just like stuffed in the middle of it. <laughs> it actually looks kind of fantastic. Spaghetti, SpaghettiO aspic. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to stop looking at this because I'm doing, I'm doing a, a sub stack for you today. So that is probably annoying. My point being, this has been something that has been endlessly entertaining. It's free and it's a wonderful way to uh, get a little levity and light into your day. If you're just like, I don't want to deal with um, the fact that the world is burning. Go, go over to Vintage, discuss to Vintage Recipes and tell them I sent you. Or don't because I'm currently lurking, but I'll have to start commenting soon because, I mean, I don't know who's worse. The people that are recreating these recipes and then trying to pass them off on their unsuspecting family or people that are in the back laughing totally in the background. Um... It's funny, I'm very above average at writing out stories. Like, I'm very good at pacing and creating a, a narrative and, and creating a story. I can create a story out of basically nothing um, in the written word. But when it comes to oratory, when it comes to just talking, I am horrible at telling stories. I forget the punchline. I get the plot misconstrued. I forget very important details. So this this is just going to be what this is. Um... I'm not going to tell you a story, but I do love to hear stories and I do love podcasts for that reason. I do love people in my life that know how to tell a good story. I find it to be one of the most satisfying and comforting and nourishing things in the whole world to me is when somebody is just a really good storyteller and they can make that trip to the dry cleaners the most interesting and hilarious story. I freaking love it. So, but you know what you're getting? You're getting scraps of meat that I'm going to throw into the aspic, which will be our Substack podcast today. And you're just going to have to eat it, okay? You're just going to have to eat it. Um, before I fully, fully depart from this jello mold mid-century crazy food thing, um, one thing that did kind of pop up to me that felt kind of resonant for the times we're in is that a lot of these recipes were created as a result of, so these people, perhaps in the 60s, had parents that, or grandparents, I'm kind of fuzzy on the math, who had survived the Great Depression. 
So our changes in taste in food had a lot to do with the um, scrappiness and the, uh, will, the, the desire to survive of these people. And that sort of thing is passed down generation to generation. And as we all know, or hopefully we all know, generational trauma is a real thing that you can absolutely pass down from parent to kid to parent to kid for a long time. And um, it, I, I don't blame that because I think that um, sometimes things can be so bad that you are trying to protect your children by perhaps not throwing away any food, buying a lot of canned food. <laughs> um, part of the aspic situation is that when you put meats inside of aspic, it spoils less quickly. So that was probably part of it too. So perhaps you have all these wonderful intentions about how this is the best way to live because of your own experience. Um, but then you bring it into a, the new modern world and it's like not necessarily what we need, right? So it's just an interesting thought and also a good thought because I think we often or I often think this is this must be the most unprecedented. I mean, has unprecedented been said more ever since the Trump years and COVID? Like every freaking day is unprecedented. It's unprecedented, unprecedented and, and hunker down. Um, I always think this must be the most unprecedented, horrible time ever. But I was talking to my dad actually not too long ago about that thought because I know it's not true because I think everybody always thinks that you're always the you're always the main character in your own story and your issues are always so much harder than everyone else's. As we all know, that's the human way, unfortunately, and even more so in America. But he was talking about how when he was a kid, there really was this existential threat of being bombed. Um, there was the Cold War. There was the drills for getting under your desk. And that must have been extremely scary for children at that time and caused a lot of psychological damage. Um, then there's the Depression and World War II and Vietnam and all the young people just going off to die and so many things. Obviously, the Spanish flu in, I think, what was that, 1918? There are so many um, hard times that we've all had to pull through and deal with. The question is, how will it affect our society when you look at how the depression may have affected the, the, those those uh, families who had to scrap and scrimp and save and throw every piece of meat they had into the aspect to survive or whatever, how is that mentality going to change us in terms of COVID? And how will the mask wearing and the social distancing and the fear affect us as a society and as you know, maybe in 10 years, this is just not even a thing anymore. And we're still holding on to some of the the cultural things that are surrounding this, like wearing, well, masking is, is a cultural phenomenon, but it's also obviously a scientific backed um, protocol. But if you look at places in Asia where people just wear masks, I mean, that could be a thing. Um I don't know if the handshake's going to survive. I've talked about that on the show before. I don't really like handshaking. I don't love hugging people that I don't really know. That whole custom always kind of irked me a bit. I wonder if that's going to go away. And obviously, there's so many news stories every day about people working from home more and more and more, which is so interesting because it's something I've been doing since 2013 and has become such a big part of my life that I just don't see it as weird. But it's so weird for so many industries and this like juggling of how it's all going to work. It's, it's very interesting. 
we do live in interesting times. Um, so that is one thing. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. But um, I did have a moment on that Facebook page where someone had did, did post, you know, a lot of this, these recipes were passed down from people who were in dire situations. And we should reflect that understand it. And it, it did kind of shock me to into myself and go, Oh my gosh, so much of the stuff that we think is so funny and weird is all just the product of some cultural event or something that went wrong. And it really is all about that. Um, so for our own band world, if you'd like to know what's happening out here, we're working on flyers for our shows in LA. I don't know if you guys saw the newsletter I sent out, but we do have a show on the 18th of February, Friday, um, at a great place called The Sardine in San Pedro. Uh, it is owned by Todd, who is the founder of Recess Records and is from a lot of cool bands, including um, Toys That Kill and FYP and I think more bands than that, but I don't know him personally, but he does own this venue and I've heard so many good things about there being a great feeling, a great sense of community there, and just a general good vibe. So that should be a fun show. Um, there is no ticket link for that, but it is on the Facebook event page. Um, if you go to our Facebook or to our band website under shows, you'll see at least it'll kind of point you in the right direction. Then the next night on the 19th of February, we will be in Los Angeles, downtown LA at the Redwood Bar, which we haven't played since I think 2018 which shocks me to the core. Damn, that's a long time. Um, so we'll be back there. Um, originally, we had planned to be back there in 2020. That obviously didn't happen. So that should be fun. We also have a show, two shows coming up in the spring, one in February in Lompoc, California, which is Central Coast, California. Also, one in Morro Bay, which is kind of near where we live on the Central Coast. And then if you look at our show dates closer, which maybe you uh, are, maybe you aren't. I don't know where you guys live. I, well, I can look at your email addresses, and I know who some of you guys are. But um, we do have some shows confirmed, one in Indianapolis, which is going to be with Susie Moon, who is a up-and-coming female-fronted rock and roll band, which is really great. You should check them out. And we're also going to be in Youngstown, Ohio, this is all happening in April. We're doing a two-week Midwest tour that is in the process of being booked now, and we are inch by inch kind of moving along and getting things booked. So we will definitely be in Chicago and also Pittsburgh. A um, few other places are going to be on there as well, of course, uh, more than a few. Uh, so keep checking back on that. And I will announce some other news, which is exciting. Um, I can't give you much vinyl um, release news for the album. It all depends on vinyl production. I think I talked about that last time and I definitely talked about it actually at length, didn't I? Sorry about that. Um, we are, um, in, in a good position, uh, to create the vinyl within the next four to five months, hopefully. So it looks like it will be end of spring, but we really are waiting to get that date so we can give you a real release date. Um, but we are, since last week, we have made huge progress. We are 
looking at um, different ways that we can distribute this record so it can get everywhere, so it can go out to Europe, if you're out in Europe, um, so it can go worldwide for everybody. And we're really excited about the progress we've made over the past week on that front. So I'll have more for you there. Lastly, I will just drop a bomb in your lap and then probably sign off <laughs> because I don't really want to get fully into it, but this this is a piece of news that I've been saving for quite a while. It's one of those things I didn't really want to announce to our wonderful crushers and fans and friends um, until we kind of had the the sketch kind of planned out and a plan of action and something to tell you that actually makes sense. So. I can confirm at this point that um, Dr. Kane and I are going to be relocating to Detroit in April. Um, we are going to be staying with our Midwest drummer, Dougie Tangent, who has a house out there and is very kind and has two amazing dogs and a wonderful girlfriend. And so we are going to be crashing with them and doing a two-week tour with Dougie out in the Midwest and then looking for... Um, properties out in Detroit and we are relocating. So we will be back and forth from LA um, and Detroit to kind of see friends, see family, um, get up to the central coast, see our friends and family who we love very much and to also be in LA to be part of shows that are happening there, to be connected to our label who we love. Kitten Robot Records has been a huge support and this in no way um, is going to affect our relationship with them, but it is a fresh start for us as a band. As you guys know, our drummer, Benjamin Cabriana, has exited the band, and that that is not the sole reason why we would ever decide to make such a large move, but it is a factor in the sense that we are moving towards what we want, which is to be part of a vibrant and constantly changing music community that is going to hopefully supply a lot of amazing musicians that we can work with, including having our drummer out there, a dedicated drummer, hopefully a keyboard, hopefully a lead guitar player. So these are all really exciting steps and steps that I hope uh, will just bring a lot of new opportunities to the band and new shows, new show routes. We're going to have great access to the East Coast, which, oh my gosh, we're so excited. It's just a new it's a, just a new chapter. It's a new way to get out in the world and try some new things and see what happens. So it will be to, to be continued what this journey will hold for us, but we will be less in the Golden State and more in the ex-Motor City. Does uh, Detroit have a new motto? I would hope so. And I hope it's not something derogatory because I know that D the Detroit folks like to poke fun at themselves for various reasons. Um, I'll have to keep you posted on that, but we are one sunny, happy, joyful California band that will be, yes, uh, taking our stuff to uh, the home of the, M the MC5 and plenty of other gritty and um, tough bands, which is funny because I've told this to people before and they, they, they get it. We are so California, like, oh my God, oh my God, we are California, right? So when we go anywhere else but California, it is so fun to bring that energy into a new space. And I know that people enjoy that. And we get a great reception in the Midwest. We've been so welcomed and people have been so kind. And people have really shown up for us in concrete ways that are so 
unlike some of the flakiness that you might get in different cities on the West Coast. I'm not going to point names, but you know what I'm talking about, Los Angeles. Um, <laughs> but um, these are really stand-up great people that we meet out on the road out there. And it's just fun because we get to be the exotic little pineapple on the pizza, if you will. And that is a fun place position to be in. So we are the pineapple on the pizza. We're going to spice things up wherever we go. And um, oh, last but not least, how could I forget? We do have a limited 50 count cassette release, um, half on pink, half on yellow coming out on memorable but not honorable records, which is a great tape label that has been incredibly supportive of so many DIY bands that we consider our friends. And they're just a really awesome label. They, they really do everything. Um, Henry over there puts everything together and just kind of makes it all happen. So we were so pleasantly surprised to see how great these tapes look. They're so gorgeous. They're just, they look amazing. Um, pop them in your boom box. I'm not sure how they sound, but you know, are you tape collectors really listening to your tapes or are you just collecting them? No judgment there. Um, so that's coming out on the 14th of January. So if you want those, the minute they're available, because there are 50, that's it. Um, you need to go to Memorable But Not Honorable, and you need to purchase those immediately. I may, may have a small, small, small clutch of them um, at the Crusher Compound, California West Coast Crusher Compound. Um which is what we'll have to call it from now on. We still are keep, we're not selling our house. Okay. So we're going to have the Crusher compound on the West coast. Um, I may have a clutch of them in my possession that may drop a little bit later than memorable, but not honorable. But I, when I say a clutch, I mean a very, very, very small amount. So if you really want them, please go to memorable, but not honorable immediately on the 14th and go swoop them up because I am guessing they will be gone in a flash. We're also doing a giveaway for a, a variant tape. It's the only white tape of the bunch, and that's happening over on Instagram at the the at the band um, Instagram, Haley and the Crushers on Instagram, and also on the label Instagram. So I always promise you that these are not um, advertising <laughs> audios. The the whole idea of this Substack was to create something that was a joy. And something that was a just fun kind of distraction and, or just a way to connect more deeply with our friends and crushers from around the world. Um, so my whole my whole goal was to make sure we're not, you know, just sending you advertising stuff. Because as you know, you can go on social, you can go, subscribe to our MailChimp and you're going to get that. And, you know, we have to do that to survive and to pursue our dreams. It's a necessary part of the job. But um, I really want to make sure that these are just short, sweet and just something you look forward to, uh, whether you listen to them right away or you save them for like that time you're doing the dishes or brushing your teeth. That's that's my aim. So let me know if I'm getting too salesy here. I do not want to do that. But I do want to keep you abreast of the information. And gosh, in this in this environment, I mean, it's just isn't it amazing that we have shows? So I have to tell you we have shows. That's not to say they can't get canceled. So everybody, please mask up. Do your triple vax situation, get your booster shots, do everything you can so that we can all come together and enjoy live music once again. Um, I cannot wait to see some friendly faces 
And um, until we can see each other in person or connect again on Substack, I'm wishing you a great week. Uh, go check out Disgusting Vintage Recipes. Tell me what you think. Post your post your, the worst disgusting vintage recipe you remember from your childhood. Luckily, I didn't have any. I, I was raised by very good culinary people, so I know I can brag about that. Um, but maybe you have an interesting casserole or jello mold you'd like to share with the group. Whew, as always, take care of yourselves, sparkle hard, and I will connect with you later. Okay, Haley out.